0: Clarity is a great gift, isn't it? To see things clearly. When you're a kid and you don't know why everything is blurry, that day that you put on glasses for the first time is a wonderful experience. Everything comes into focus suddenly. It's a little bit of an epiphany. For the most part, having epiphanies, these realizations, brings clarity, and we're thankful for clarity. But not every epiphany, not every realization is one that's particularly pleasant. When you first wake up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror, you may or may not have a pleasant epiphany. The hair is kind of all over the place. The wrinkles are pressed into your skin. You see yourself clearly, and you're thankful that you don't go out that morning looking that way, but it's not exactly a pleasant experience. It's much nicer to look in the mirror after the shower, after that first or third cup of coffee. But these realizations come, and they bring clarity. And this morning in our gospel reading, we have a kind of double epiphany. A dual focus in this miracle of Jesus on the water. And the first part of that epiphany that the disciples had, and the first part of the epiphany that we want to have this morning, is the kind that, you know, looking in the mirror when you first wake up really is. It's not a pleasant one, but it is necessary. It's the epiphany of powerlessness. The epiphany of the storm. Let me see if I can lead you through it. Let me set the scene first. Can you picture in your mind those disciples getting into the boat with Jesus? It was his idea to go out there, and they're just going along with him. Now, they had gone on that boat many times, I'm sure. You know that at least Peter and Andrew, James and John, and probably some of the other disciples were fishermen before they were called by Jesus. That means that they had experience on the waters. They knew what it was like to sail out on calm seas, and they knew what it was like to sail on choppy seas. They knew what it was like to sail on rough water, and they knew what it was like to sail on really, really rough water. They had experience, and they had wisdom, right? They had the the wisdom that had been passed down to them by probably generation upon generation of fishermen. They knew how to adjust the sails. They knew how to situate themselves in the boat. They knew just what to do in any situation on the water. But that day on the Sea of Galilee, they had this epiphany. They had this epiphany that was painful for them, I'm sure. They had the epiphany of what I'm calling this morning powerlessness. You know what that epiphany is like? You know what it's like to suddenly feel and realize that for all of your wisdom, for all of your experience, for all of your power, you're pretty small. It's the kind of epiphany that comes in a great storm. Whether it's a natural storm or just what we might call the storms of life, that epiphany is not fun at all. And you can imagine being in the boat with the disciples, you can imagine Peter and Andrew, James and John trying every last trick in the the book of what to do in the middle of a great storm. And for every last trick that they tried, it didn't work. Because it says in Matthew's gospel that the waves were swamping the boat. Well, that's a pretty vivid description, but Mark's gospel gets even more vivid. It said that the, that the waves were crashing into the boat. That's the kind of storm we're talking about. Remember, these were not rookie sailors. These were not guys who had never been out on the water. These were veterans. These were seasoned men who had grown up on the water. But now as the waves are swamping the boat, everything they're trying is not working. And so this realization would have set in for those disciples, the same realization that you heard about in that reading from Jonah, where the mariners start losing their minds. They start tossing things overboard, trying anything, anything, anything to stay afloat. And no matter what they tried, no matter who they prayed to, no matter what they took into their hands, no matter what kind of experience or technique they employed, nothing worked. Maybe you've had that experience. It's not a pleasant one, is it? It's not a pleasant one when there are things happening in your life that reveal just how illusory your control is. It's not a pleasant thing at all. It's not something that we look forward to. It's not something that we celebrate, that loss of control. And yet, there is something good in it. There is this revelation in the midst of our powerlessness that we are not in control now what could possibly be good about that well what's good about that is what it leads you to what it leads you to is to look for the one who is in control to look for the one who does have power to look for the one who can actually bring calm in the middle of a great storm that mad scramble to get control is something that we're experiencing probably for the last two years if we're honest with ourselves isn't it We've tried everything that we can as a nation, as a country, as individuals. We've tried all kinds of things to get control over this unseen virus. And no matter what we try to do, what happens? It just keeps swamping us, doesn't it? This miracle is perfect for us in 2022. This miracle of Jesus sleeping in the boat with the disciples is perfect for you today who live in the middle of a world that is swamped with fear. I say it's perfect for you, not because it's so pleasant to go through this, but because it is important to have that initial realization, to recognize that there are things beyond our control, to recognize that there are powers at work that we cannot get a grip on. And in fact, no matter what we try to do, there are times when nothing is good enough. No amount of human wisdom, no amount of human endeavor, no amount of human power can save So what's the good of that? Well, the good of that is the second epiphany that you see this morning in that boat with Jesus, that in the middle of our powerlessness, Jesus sleeps. What good is that? Well, it's this wonderful contrast, isn't it? At first, there is no comfort, it sounds like to me, at least at first, in Jesus sleeping in the boat. But only consider, while the disciples are freaking out, while they're bailing water out of that ship, while they're trying everything that they can do, Jesus is sound asleep, completely undisturbed, totally zonked out while the disciples are losing their minds. We have a rule in my house that you can't freak out unless mom and dad are freaking out. It's a good rule when you have little kids because little kids worry about anything. A little noise in the night, the dark, being late. I mean, where do kids get the being late? My kids worry about being late. And if they were left to themselves, they would freak out. They would go crazy about every little thing. So we have a rule. You can't freak out unless mom and dad are freaking out. Here's the rule for Christians. You can't freak out unless Jesus does. And if Jesus freaks out, well, then you can lose your mind too. But if Jesus is not freaking out, then you don't need to freak out either. And that is the comfort of Jesus sleeping in the boat. To the disciples, it's the end of the world. The storm is raging all around. The water is swamping the boat. And to Jesus, it's just white noise. It's a lullaby. He's sound asleep. And then there's this wonderful, this wonderful paradox continues because the disciples wake him up. You can imagine them freaking out. Jesus, save us. We're perishing. Uh, what is it, guys? <clears throat> Why are you so afraid? He's completely undisturbed by all the things that trouble them. He is completely unafraid by all of the things that strike fear and terror into the hearts of those disciples and to the things that strike fear and terror into your heart as well. Here is that double epiphany so wonderfully put. All the things that trouble you, all the things that make you worry, all the things that keep you up at night, to Jesus, they are nothing to worry about at all. To you, they're huge. To us, they are way too big. They are the end of the world as we know it. But to Jesus, it's just white noise. Oh, can you see him? Why are you worried, guys? Why do you fear? Well, because, Jesus, the water's coming into the boat and the wind is whipping around and we're going to go down on the ship. Oh, let me take care of that. Be still. With Jesus, at his word, all things are restored to calm. In the boat with Jesus, no matter how bad things get, no matter how swamped it feels, no matter how much the world around you rages, with Jesus, there is peace. Why do you fear? He says to them. Can you imagine them hearing that question from Jesus? Well, what in the world. Why wouldn't I be afraid? We're about to die, Jesus. Doesn't that matter to you? Doesn't that mean anything to you? And of course, it does mean something to him. But here's what is revealed so powerfully in this miracle, that Jesus is in control. And if he is not freaking out, then you don't need to freak out either. You see what I mean why this miracle is so important for us in 2022? Why are you afraid? What are the things that trouble you? Is it sickness that's running rampant in the world? Is it the effects of the wind and the raging of storms that rip through our country? Is it because you look at the public policies and you say, what in the world are they doing in the halls of power? Why is all of this happening? Is it because there's not enough money in the bank account? Is it because work is difficult? Is it because the world around you doesn't look at you and say you're doing the right thing when you go to church and you follow the commands of Jesus? Why are you so afraid? Well, there's lots of reasons, right? But to Jesus, those things are not worth freaking out about. For he has power to calm even the winds and the seas. He has the ability to put all things to right and he will do it. And you are in the boat with him. So don't be afraid. Don't lose heart. Don't be discouraged when life is difficult, when you go through sufferings in this world. Jesus is not saying that those sufferings don't matter, that you shouldn't feel them. But what he's saying is that in the middle of your difficulties, in the trials, in the sufferings, in the tribulations that you go through in this world, you have one who is in control. When you feel small, know that your Lord is great. When you feel weak, know that he is strong. When you feel out of control and all over the place, know that there is one who is in control. And to him, to him, the wind and the waves are not worth freaking out about. They're just a lullaby. They're white noise to Jesus. He has the power and he uses his power for your good. He could have told the disciples, just relax, guys, we're gonna make it through the storm. But he does this miracle so that they may know that at the word of Jesus, with his presence, there is peace. So he speaks to the wind and the waves, and everything is silenced. Well, good and well for them, we might say, right? It would be nice if we could actually see Jesus in the boat with us. But don't you know? Haven't you heard? Has no one told you that he is risen? that he is risen and he promises to be with each and every one of you in whatever you face. He has given this great promise to his church, to his dear disciples, that he will never leave us or forsake us. That should give us confidence, shouldn't it? That should give us courage. Why are you so afraid? What are the things that trouble you this morning? Bring them to Jesus. Bring them in prayer to the Lord Jesus and find that he is the one who is still in control, no matter how much death rises around us, no matter how much hatred mounts up around us, no matter how resistant the world is to the gospel of Jesus Christ, he isn't troubled by these things. And so neither should we be. Now, if he starts freaking out, then you have permission to worry. You have permission to be afraid. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't, then neither should you. This is the courage that Christians have. We don't totally ignore sufferings. We aren't pretending like everything is calm and everything is great and everything is wonderful. There are troubles that you go through as individuals, some of which I know because you've told me, and some of which that you don't want to tell anyone at all. But Jesus knows each and every last one of them. And in the middle of your sufferings, in the middle of your trials, he doesn't leave you. He's not troubled by them. And he alone has the power to take care of them. It all reminds me so much of what happened in the resurrection. Do you remember when Mary Magdalene came to the tomb on Easter morning and Jesus was there but she didn't recognize him yet? Do you remember this? And he looked at her and he said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Well, duh, because I can't be with Jesus. He didn't ask because he didn't know. He asked the question to lift her eyes up to him. And it's the same way with those disciples in the boat and with you this morning. Why are you so afraid, O you of little faith? Don't you know who's in the boat with you? Don't you know that your Jesus will never leave you or forsake you? Don't you know that he has power over all things? That all things are under his feet and that he loves you? Be at peace, dear friends, and have courage. Have courage. After that storm ceased, the disciples probably didn't just sit back down in the boat and go to sleep. They went back to work. They rowed the boat, they put the sails back up, and it's the same way for us. The message of peace that comes through the forgiveness of sins, the message of peace that comes with knowing that Jesus is with you doesn't reduce you to doing nothing, but it gives you the courage to do what you are supposed to do to follow his commands, to carry out whatever he has called you, to lead the holy life of faith in Christ and love for your neighbor, and to do so with calmness. Not like a six-year-old freaking out when the lights go out at night and there's a little noise, but like a six-year-old who knows that mom and dad aren't freaking out, and so I don't have to either. Picture Jesus waking up to your prayers this morning and saying to you, why are you so afraid? I'm with you. For that message is the message that brings peace in the middle of great storms. To him be the glory now and always. Amen.